Welcome to this week's episode of the Sports Unite podcast. Welcome to season two. You thought you got rid of us. Not that easy. Season two. We are back. New year. New me. I think that's what a lot of people like to say every year. But uh, this year, it, I don't want to say it can't get worse because I guess it can. But uh, we're, we're treading upwards. We're, we're egg beating on the surface. And we're just waiting for the boat to come get us. Uh, I am your host, Justin. And this week we are here and we have a special guest for the entire episode. We have Cole back to bring out season two. Welcome back to the podcast, Cole. Woohoo. Thank you for having me. And you know what? I'm not going to jinx it. It's only a few days into 2021, but let's, let's slowly go upwards. We're not gonna. We're not gonna talk about anything else that's happened in the world in the first six or seven days. No need to talk about whatever else is happening, uh, because that's not what is uniting us right now. We are gonna talk about what unites us. Uh, and uh, to kick off season two, we thought we'd have a guest for the entire episode. We will get to the NFL and the playoffs, which are coming up this weekend. But we have to go through some news. Uh, we have uh, more good news later on. We have our Olympic coverage, so plenty to get through. Uh, but first, we're going to kick it off with a big trade in the MLB. The MLB likes to uh, take the spotlight every now and then during the winter just to make sure that you don't forget about it because everyone forgets about it about July. Uh, so uh, Francis Lindor and Carlos Carasas are headed to the Big Apple with the Mets. Uh, in a blockbuster trade for Ahmed Rosario, Andreas Jimenez, Josh Wolf, and Isaiah Green. Uh, what do you think? Do you care about this trade? Does it matter? Are the Mets suddenly good? Is Tim Tebow going to make the team? Uh, or is just just people writing about baseball and everyone will forget in a week? I mean, in this quiet times of baseball, you got to have some excitement. And I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, you can't keep Tim Tebow out of a sports league, but we'll see. I don't think he'll actually make the team. But that's pretty big trade for them. The Mets need some of them. Francisco Lindor is a great player, so good for them. Are the Mets going to be good? I mean, probably not. But you never know. All it takes is a few players. That is true. Uh, we're going to get to some other news. Uh, NHL is just around the corner. And uh, we have you. some sponsors, not only on the helmets of the players, but for each new division. Uh, I don't mind this. Uh, what do you think? I think it's pretty suiting. I mean, the NHL has got to make up a little more money after the loss of revenue. And you know what? It doesn't look bad. You got the Northern Division. And as long as, as, long as we don't start turning out like the KHL and have a sponsor left, right, and center covering the entire helmet jersey, I don't mind it at all. I mean, the World Juniors do it on their helmets. You can barely notice it. I think it'll look good. 
Now, what if the referees start wearing cow print ref jerseys for sponsoring uh, uh, like they do in Europe? Well, I think the uh, zebras of the world will get a little jealous. Uh, curling <laughs> is uh, making a comeback. Uh, one of the sports that we haven't really talked about or seen uh, since this whole thing started uh, just about a year ago. Um, but in Calgary, we're going to have a curling bubble. Uh, Calgary has been selected uh, to host the Scotties uh, Tournament uh, of Hearts, uh, the Briar, uh, and the World Championship. Also, a few other tournaments. Uh, this will get going in the middle of February. Uh, do you see curling as the epicenter uh, of Calgary now? Oh, I absolutely do. Calgary's always had a big calling for curling as it is with great teams coming out of Alberta and Calgary and all over out West. And I think that's a perfect spot to have a bubble for curling. And I'm glad they were able to figure that out. Cause I know that was very up in the air for a little bit, but the fans of curling need something going on too. Fans Let's of curling have been clamoring for curling on the TV and they're going to get it just uh, in a little bit. Speaking of Calgary, though, news came out today that they're looking to expand the bubble, not just to be curling, uh, but they want to be a bigger winter sports bubble. Uh, and it's already been confirmed that they are hosting the curling bubble, but uh, a few more sign-offs are just to be needed uh, for Calgary to turn into uh, a winter sports bubble where they will host uh, the world championships uh, in the freestyle ski, uh, free ski, and snowboarding mm -hmm. Uh, at the Olympic Park. Uh, like I said, it does need to be uh, approved uh, by a few more health organizations in the provinces. Uh, but uh, with all the events being canceled uh, this season and, uh, you know, the, with winter pretty much halfway done uh, with the season ending about March, uh, not a lot of time left to qualify for the 2022 Olympics. So these next few uh, meets and world championships, if this goes down in Calgary, are going to have huge qualification implements uh, for the next Winter Olympics. Uh, do you see uh, lots of eyeballs being uh, drawn to this with that essentially their season being uh, dropped because of COVID? Oh, I do. And I think Calgary having that open park would be great for the world and for qualifiers for it because realistically, there's not many places that are given this kind of concept out and people need to qualify. People love that sport. It draws huge crowds towards Olympic venues and the world when people tune in to watch on the TV. You can't get any better than that. And I I really think it's a good option. Hopefully they can get those signatures going because I know I'd love to watch that. And speaking another bubble, who to thunk bubbles actually work when you want to have sports, you throw enough money at it. And once you know, bubbles actually do work. And people it. thought they were crazy. when they thought, that thought idea. they were crazy. Uh, something that uh, lots of people missed last year was March Madness. Every year, 
millions of people tune in to watch uh, probably the most famous tournament. Uh, and the kids don't even get paid for it. Isn't that crazy? Uh, but the NCAA is looking to host the entire March Madness in a kind of bubble. Would we call this a bubble enough for America? A bubble-ish? Bubble-ish. I a don't... pack of bubbles? <laughs> a bubble wrap, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but the NCAA yeah. is looking to host, and I'm pretty sure it's a done deal, to host the entire March Madness in Indiana. Uh, and as of right now, it looks the normal 68 teams uh, will participate six different venues in the state. Uh, not all details are available, uh, but what do you think about this? I am so thankful. The one thing I look forward to all the time is March Madness. Get my bracket busted on the first day. But you know what? I couldn't be happier. I am so glad. I don't know how it's going to work out. I mean, I think they're asking people to have seven negative COVID tests before arriving to Indianapolis. But that's with players, coaches, physiotherapists, team doctor, the whole works. And then my question is, if you win and go on, say, to the next round, do they just stay in a hotel? Like, they can't really go back to where they were from and come back is that defeats the whole purpose of the bubble-ish. Well, that's the thing, yeah, right? I, it's, these are college kids. It's supposed to be anyways. Can't they really ask them to... Are they just going to be doing to, online school? Like, these are students, remember? They, they have class, they have other responsibilities. Uh, if you make it all the way from March 14th to April the 5th, are you staying in that bubble or are they going to let them go to class like you said are they going to let them leave because it's a big responsibility to have seven negative tests to enter indiana but as soon as you leave all that work is mute and oh, we've seen in college football how messy 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 that whole scenario yeah. in the nfl even how messy it gets and the NFL is lucky they didn't have to limp. The NCAA pretty was pretty close to limping to the end. I'm pretty, I would call it a, a, a sprained ankle limp. Uh, and uh, so <laughs> far basketball, yeah, so far basketball is okay. Um, I think they've switched up the, the travel for some conferences anyways for basketball, but they're, they're going to have to stay in at least the state. I would imagine. I would think because what happens if like a player or two on one team gets COVID? Like, are they automatically going to forfeit the game then? Because like it's a one and done tournament. I don't know how that's going to go. They're definitely no. going to have to like quarantine them, online schooling, watch, have some COVID tracking bracelets. Like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the, the NHL, the NBA, the World Juniors, they all implemented that, that tracking bracelet, uh, getting tested multiple times a day. And once you're in the bubble, no one tested positive. So it clearly works. 
uh, even the MLS too, WNBA, all the all the leagues that did bubbles, NWSL. It worked. The leagues that haven't done it clearly uh, are not so lucky. Now the NBA is going on with uh, playing games. No one in the stands. Uh, I haven't heard of. Well, there have been some players who have had to sit out because of uh, symptoms of COVID. Uh, And the NHL has had people not show up to practice or to train camp or unfit to play, whether that means they're out of shape or something else related to the virus, they're not saying. Uh, So we're going to see leagues now playing in their own stadiums without fans uh, but they are going to be traveling. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the NFL just got away with it. There was a couple of tricky weeks, uh, some uh, questionable some, weeks. Some but, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. It's uh, I, I don't know how they're going to do the Super Bowl, but We'll find out in a couple of weeks. I mean, we're we're getting there. We're vaccines are coming out slowly. It's not a fast process. I don't know anyone who thought it would be a fast process, but we're slowly getting there. And later slowly. on in the year, we will have fans in the stands again. So we're we're getting to that point, but we're not out of the woods yet. And I can see some people already thinking that we're out of the woods. Some athletes just going back to normal habits, not taking it as seriously as they were in the bubble. But uh, I mean, these college kids, they some of them are playing for their futures. So I would hope and think that they would take it very seriously. Oh, absolutely. Because last season, the tournament was canceled altogether. And it was so hard for some players to show off their skills and that's where you see a lot of highlight reels and you get noticed by NBA and so we'll have to see when more details come into play for this hopefully it can happen speaking of uh, the NCAA we had some uh, end of year we're uh, almost at the uh, national title game we're not going to talk about it because it this season doesn't really count uh when half your conferences don't play it's just a whole big mess but and you had to change rules just to make teams qualify for the national championships but uh but uh we did have uh smith winning the heisman the first wide receiver since 1991 to win uh he is a force to be reckoned with uh any team who picks him up, I think, is going to be better for it. And uh, Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence, uh, the new quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, has declared. <laughs> I, I mean, has declared that he will enter the draft. He's probably heading to sunny Florida to live up to his nickname. Uh, were there any shocks to the Heisman winner or Trevor Lawrence declaring? Um. I mean, a little shock to Heisman, but he absolutely deserves it. He had an outstanding year. And look at his team's going to the national championships. Like, he's a force to be reckoned with. And 
like you said, anybody that picks him up will be lucky. Um, Trevor Lawrence going to the NFL, no surprise whatsoever, especially when he the doesn't Jets have to play the first for the pick. Yeah, there's no question why he why he would wait now. New Jacksonville team, new coach coming in. It's just going up from there. It's uh, you can finally make some money. I mean, as much as I like Garner Minshew, uh, the Jaguars <laughs> just fell apart after winning Week One and me winning a big bet uh, for them Against upsetting the Colts. the Colts. They lose fifteen in a row, which under the table. Yeah, you'd, I, I mean, they won a game, <laughs> they got it out of the way, and then they just fell apart in week two through 17. Uh, <laughs> so uh, hopefully they, they get a full – They oh, so close. Yeah, There were some games that so they were close, <laughs> but uh, hopefully teams get a full training camp and by the summer we're gearing up and everything is uh, – we're, we're getting close to being normal-ish. Uh, so hopefully everyone gets the new system, everyone heals up, and uh, we have a good old-fashioned regular NFL season, uh, just like old times uh, in, uh, again, with every stadium having fans in there. Uh, it's, the Super Bowl is going to be really weird with, I guess – however many fans they let it. I still haven't heard. I think they're, we'll talk about it a little I bit think, later, but I just, uh, every time I think about it, it's just. Yeah, I don't know. Well, uh... <laughs> and speaking of the NFL, uh, the they have come out with their uh, final 15 for the class of 2021 for their Hall of Fame. Um, I don't think I ever noticed that they, put out a list of finalists i think i just always read who was voted in um but uh i had no idea they did that every year they come out with a list of 15 finalists headlining uh, the list this year is peyton manning uh megatron calvin johnson uh tory holt reggie wayne uh let's see zach thomas charles woodson jared allen john lynch Rondé Barber. Uh, there's a huge list of people, obviously 15. Uh, only five get in. Uh, so I don't see how Paint Manning and Calvin Johnson and Reggie Wayne don't get in this year. No, they're definitely getting in their first year up for eligibility. I think so who, for those three at least. But yeah. Who are the other two that are going to get in this year? Do we have John Lynch, Rondé Barber, Woodson, Allen? I mean, those four right there are, I think, Leroy Butler, Torrey Holtz, Clay Matthew Jr., which uh, I I had to look up. It is not the Clay Matthews we know. Uh, It is his father. This is the first time he's made the list. Uh, He's been eligible for 20 years. So you don't just make the list. It's not like baseball where you're on the list for a limited amount of time and you have to get, you have to be voted onto the list to be voted. It took him 20 years 
do you to think, get on the list to get on the list do you think people kind of vote him on because it took him so long does that even happen in this i have no idea i mean i feel like people might vote him on just because they think it's actually clay matthews not looking at the picture i'm pretty sure clay matthews is still playing <laughs> i i haven't looked but i don't I, know if he, uh, he was I'm injured sure he right at some i think point. so last i saw he was on the rams i don't i don't know who he plays for now because uh he's <laughs> not uh not been as forceful since he left green bay no um you can't say that's a name that's uh talked about well yeah so he played with the rams last year and it doesn't look like he played this year uh doesn't mean he's retired uh just means he didn't sign anywhere and probably if you're if you're injured or just wanted to lay low this year this was a good year to do it work on your fitness work on whatever you think you need to work on and then absolutely come back next year uh so certainly don't uh yeah so he was uh released in the off season by the rams and did not play for any team this year uh i'm still thinking he'll pop back up um but maybe uh, he's getting up for the xfl or maybe i mean that could be a the XFL, it's coming too. The Rock. I, what a great owner. Third, Couldn't think of anybody else to take that over. Third time's a charm. I am so excited for the XFL to come next. It's going to be a, a year full of football. CFL is coming back. I'm calling it now. The CFL is going to play this year. Whether we have um, fans in the stands, I, I think at some point. Uh, not sure. If at the start, like half capacity, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, but we'll we'll get there, and then the NFL will lead us to February, and then the XFL will lead us pretty close to the start of training camp again for the CFL. Three hundred and sixty-five days of football, man. Our significant others are going to love that. Woo! They don't know what they signed up for. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, do you see uh, do you see any chance that Peyton Manning or Calvin Johnson, uh, Reggie Wayne don't make it this year? I I don't see that at all. I mean, I say, I think Tory Holt deserves it too, but I, I think it's been a little bit longer. He's left the consciousness, at least of the average fan. Um, cause yeah. I still think of him as a great from St. Louis, uh, but he played for other teams after St. Louis. Um, but Reggie Wayne and Peyton Manning, it's almost kind of like they have to go in together. Don't you think? Like, I think so. I think it'd be wrong to take them separately. Uh, yeah. They wouldn't I make mean, any sense. Uh, there are, uh, Tony Balselli, uh, offensive tackle, Alan Francesa, uh, guard, uh, Sam Mills, not sure, but linebacker. Richard Seymour, D-line. Jared Allen of Minnesota. Charles Woodson, the great defensive back. Uh, he's certainly going to get in. I'm sure John Lynch as well, the great safety, will get in. He's a great GM now. Uh, it, how you pick five I mean, from this class out of the 15? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, there's always next year for the other ones. 
That's true. But remember, you got to make the you got to make the list again. That's true. You got to make the list. And then I don't know of any big names being eligible for 2022. So that it it always hurts when you have big names get on the list. Uh, Same thing happens in hockey. when you have just yeah. too many big name players who are all first ballot eligible that, and you know, they're big names. And when, you know, sports writers and whoever else votes, those big names always stick out more than some of the people who helped build the game or uh, had a well-rounded career, but wasn't as flashy. So that's, that's the problem. Some people don't like hall of fames or the recognition because it's just a popularity contest sometimes. Well, yeah, I mean, it is, but there's always team hall of fames too. And you just might not get your bronze statue head, but (laughs) now uh, one thing that came out this, uh, this week is that, Uh, The NBA is looking at a potential uh, expansion in a few years, uh, looking at to add two teams uh, and the price per team, not altogether. I did see it. The price per team, $2.5 billion. you're going to have the, uh, I don't know who's going to buy that Amazon. I mean, they already, they already kind of paid. They already, they have Seattle. They spent, so Seattle, the new team that will start uh, this coming September after this season. Yes. uh, They paid $500 million to be the 32nd team. Uh, for an expansion. Uh, oh, sorry. They, they're paying $650 million as an expansion fee. Vegas paid $500 million as an expansion fee. So be that as it may, per team, $2.5 billion is an insane amount. Like That is insane. What? I mean, there are people who will pay it and they expect to have, but... Like who, like what city, like, I, I can't I even know. think of a billionaire who, uh, there are some, I, I don't know. A few people to put together, I guess. Like, But uh, like, do you have any hopes or wishes of what city might get an NBA team? We'll put billionaire and whoever aside. What two cities do you think would, benefit from having an expansion NBA team? I would love to see another Canadian team. I mean, they had them in Vancouver once upon a time. I think it could be, I think Vancouver could be another great place to land it back in again. I mean, the culture of basketball in Canada has grown immensely from the Raptors and just so many great players now in the NBA that are all Canadian. The, the game's just changed big time. Where the other one though? I don't know. Like maybe Las Vegas. Well, that's... I think Las Vegas is like a safe place to put a sports team with all the money and people and 
I don't know. That's that's the trouble. So Seattle will probably get a team back. They as much I as I think Vancouver was gone too soon, uh, I think the the theft of the Seattle Supersonics was just stupid. And yeah. ever since they left, they've been clamoring for a team. Seattle's getting a hockey team. They're huge fans of football, uh, their soccer team. So I don't see them not getting a team again. That's true. Now the other team, do you do two Western conference teams or do you do one and one? Because Vegas is probably another safe bet since hockey has blown up and oh, they now true. have the Raiders. So you have a giant arena for football. You have a new re- arena for hockey that you could definitely use for basketball. And uh, I am on board for another Canadian. Basketball is just blown up in Canada. And you want to tap that market. Oh, absolutely. I mean, as much as everyone loves Toronto and love that Toronto won a championship, we love to hate Toronto. So if Vancouver got a team again or Montreal, uh, I can't think of another city that could probably handle a basketball team. I don't Uh, think so other than those two. So if one of those two cities, uh, I mean, how many people would jump ship from rooting for the Raptors or any other team for that matter and cheer for the new team? It would You would have millions of fans. Absolutely. Because pretty much Toronto's fans are all of Canada, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, you have no competition. If you were to market that for another team in Canada, It's, yeah, it's a tough, it's there. It's equal numbers right now. So if you add two teams to the West, it's, you now have 17. I guess you could bring Milwaukee over. Oh, Milwaukee's already in the East. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um <laughs> I, I was thinking of Detroit, how Detroit was in the West and the NHL for some strange reason. But, I mean, maybe you bring New Orleans, Minnesota. Yeah, you could. And then that way it's just a one-team differential. So you have 16 in the East. You replace 16 and then 17, 16 for 32 instead of. No, it would be 16, 16. Then what am I talking about? I can't do math. Yeah, it would be. I did not go to school to be a math major, <laughs> if you can't tell. Uh, but yeah, if calculators before. that's if everyone votes, I guess, for realignment and bring. Yeah, and for travel wise, Minnesota or New Orleans would make travel wise the most sense, but everyone else, like you have LA, LA, Phoenix, Golden State, Utah, Sacramento, Portland, 
uh, you know, they're all on the West Coast. Uh, Houston, Dallas are kind of in the middle. Denver, San Antonio, yeah. Memphis. I guess maybe Memphis too. Um, but I mean, a lot of those teams are already on like the West Coast, and a lot of the teams are on the East Coast, and then you get those sporadic teams in the middle in the Midwest. Uh, a northern team, if Milwaukee's already in the east, you know, Minnesota's right next door. Uh, would make I, sense. I guess would make the most sense. But then everyone else has to vote. Or you get New Orleans okay. in the People south, know. which is right next, pretty close to Florida. I don't know. I don't make enough money to make that decision. And it's looking... Like we're not there yet, but sometime in the future, two new teams, probably Seattle and probably Vegas and Canada will get shafted. But again, one, one can dream, right? One day. Now we do have one glorious news story that makes our news that will unite us all segment. We're going to kick it over to that. We found one glorious uh, story. It actually comes from the NBA. The Utah Jazz owner has declared that for every win this season by his team, he will give a four-year scholarship to an underprivileged or minority kid so that they can go to college. That is absolutely amazing. I had no idea that was a thing. That's huge. So jazz owner Ryan Smith uh, declared that for every jazz win this year, a four-year scholarship uh, will be given uh, to a minority underrepresented kid uh, and I guess the school of their choosing. So uh, that is uh, so commendable, especially with everything that's gone on to add a scholarship opportunity to kids. And the jazz right now are four and four. So there are four scholarships already ready to go uh and i'm sure a lot more because the jazz are pretty they're four and four right now but they're they're better team than their four and four record absolutely outstanding kudos to you absolutely they are sitting in fifth place right now uh tied with a bunch of teams in the middle uh but it's just an early season right now so are so commendable. Don't know uh, what uh, what else you can do. That's how you step up as an owner, as a person in the community, and honestly, that's how you get fans. That's how you build Absolutely. people who aren't basketball fans. Yeah, sure, I'll cheer for you, or I'll go to a game. I'll buy a T-shirt, a hat, because this person is really supporting their community. You don't have to change the country you don't have to be like i'm going to give a scholarship to one person in every state but start with your community build that and those four as of now four people who will get this four-year scholarship not just one year paid entire four-year scholarship that is life-changing for so many people so uh kudos to you uh ryan smith the whitest name possible uh, <laughs> but uh, you are changing the world so uh, you are our news that will unite us all for this new season 
Uh, and that'll do it for that segment because uh, that's we're seven days into the new year. So, all right, we're gonna head to our Olympic coverage. Yes, you've been clamoring for it. Uh, all one of you that asked why there wasn't one last episode. Uh, we are going alphabetically, uh, and the next sport is archery. Uh, everyone's favorite sport that they forget is an Olympic sport, archery. What are your opinions on archery? Have you ever tried proper archery? You know what? I actually have. Um, our local archery group here in town held like open classes for like a dollar. You could like drop in and do it. So a bunch of my roommates and I did it a few times. It's a lot harder than people may think. And I don't know how people could do it with the different size arrows and weights and all that stuff. Uh, definitely a lot harder than what it looks like. I think it's a good sport. It's definitely very skilled. It is a literal game sport of inches that can make or break you inside the sport. And it's not the Nerf sets or dollar store set of arrows. These arrows and uh, bows cost thousands of dollars. There's so much technology that has gone into making these bows, the composite bows, the weights, the arrows. There's, uh, I want to say, a lot of unrecognized development uh research uh, r d research and development and technology has played a huge role in the advancement of archery which is why it's still around uh in an olympic sport so we're going to deep dive into it uh olympics archery uh this time has five events a new event is being added a mixed gender event uh will begin this olympics uh, in addition to the individual and teams of both men's and women's. Uh, in the individual side, it has 64 individuals and they are ranked just like everyone's favorite March Madness. They have a pre, essentially pre-tournament seeding round uh, where they shoot their bows and get their scores. And then that is how they are ranked uh, for the individual side. Uh, and when they are facing off against each other, they are matched against in a best of five. Uh, and every uh, round win, the winner gets two points. They can be tied at the end of five sets, which is really interesting. Uh, and if that ever happens, they have a shoot off and closest person to the middle uh, moves on. Uh, in the team event, there are four top ranked teams who get a bye right to the quarterfinals. The rest of the teams, there are only 12, uh, go through and play each other and then uh, move in from there. Uh, the history of it, we're going to get into. So archery has been in the Olympics since the 1900s. Uh, the second ever uh, reincarnation of the Olympics uh, in St. Louis. Uh, but it had a long hiatus. So it was taken out of the Olympics from 1924 to 1972. Uh, in the first... Uh, go around they had several different events which were essentially just different distances uh, women began competing in the 1904 olympics uh, and then just carried on until the 1920 after the 1920 olympics it went away 
And then in 1972, it did return. Uh, they did a double round uh, to see who would win. Uh, and again, women, uh, it was women and men's. 1980, the team competition was added. And in 1992, the current head-to-head -head format was adopted. And it, we haven't seen any changes uh, to there other than the type of bows uh, that participants can use. Also, fun fact, Neroli Fairhall was the first paraplegic athlete to ever compete at the Olympics, uh, and it was in archery. Uh, I did not know that, and I think it's a fact that uh, more people should know. That's amazing. I had no idea. Neither did I. He was from New Zealand, so pretty cool. Uh, now, everyone's favorite section, uh, how to qualify. My God, this was so confusing. Uh, I don't have an English degree, but I don't think anyone with an English degree could properly translate the wordage. <laughs> so I probably have this wrong, uh, but I've rewritten it a few times. Uh, in total, there are 128 qualifying places. 64 for men, 64 for women. Pretty straightforward. Each country has a max position of six. So that is three per gender. If you have uh, qualified three, that usually means that those three people are also your team. A uh, team event can have three people, but is not required to have three. You can have a team of two. So far, so good. There are six places reserved for the host country and four are held for the commission to decide who to invite. That leaves 118 places to be earned, uh, not by the country itself, but the archers to earn for their countries. But countries can only have so many spots. So kind of like diving, how we had uh, archers compete at different uh, world championships, uh, but they earn their spots for their countries, not necessarily for themselves. Since the mix event is a new event and not uh, there's been no pre-Olympic qualifying, uh, the way that you can qualify for the mixed event is uh, those countries who have qualified a team in both genders. So you can't just have, uh, if say Italy qualified the men's team but did not qualify the women's, you don't get a mixed team because you need both genders there. But if a country qualified a team and then there was a single member of the other gender who qualified, uh, you can put together a mixed team. Now, in the mixed event, only the top 16 pairs can qualify for the actual event. The way this is going to happen is in that pre-Olympic uh round robin qualification tournament for seeding in the individuals, they will take uh, each country that has a mixed team, uh, the top archers for both genders, they will take their scores, their uh, ranking scores and put them together. And the top 16 teams uh, will be ranked that way. Uh, so far, there are only 15 mixed teams qualified. Whether we only get one more or there are more, we'll have to wait and see because qualification hasn't finished and, of course, everything is messed up. But qualification happens through championships and uh, there is a ranking for those, how they qualify. 
So for example, if someone from Canada qualifies at a continental, so the North American championship, uh, they can qualify. But if someone later on, or how, if it happens before, say someone from the USA qualifies, uh, earns a qualification for the world championship, uh, they will take the place uh, of the area because it's by your location, not uh, by your wherever you are. So if you qualify through the world championships or continental championships, AKA Pan American games or Asian games, that is your best bet. You will not be replaced. Uh, there's also a last chance qualifier as many sports have. Everyone written that down so far? Have I lost you? Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. You haven't, you haven't fallen over yet. There's more for the teams. The top eight teams from the world championships automatically get a spot. And the rest of the spots come from the final qualifying tournament. That is probably the most straightforward way to do it. The whole process is a little confusing, but let's dive into it a little bit further with who has qualified. So for the teams at the 2019 world championships, because we actually had world championships and qualifying because we were supposed to have Olympics last year. Who would have thunk it? So the top eight teams at the world championships uh, on both the men's and women's side qualify eight teams. When you qualify for a team, you automatically get three spots for your individual on the individual side in your gender. So for the men's side, uh, the eight teams that qualified were Australia, China, Great Britain, India, Kazakhstan, South Korea, Netherlands, and Chinese Taipei, which means they have three spots allotted in the individual event as well. Basically, the three people who will be uh, in the team side will also compete in the individuals for that country. That's You don't mismatch. You don't have someone just on the team, no individual. It's both. On the women's side, we have Belarus, China, Great Britain, Germany, South Korea, Russia, Chinese, Taipei, and Ukraine. They also get three spots in the individual side. Then there are three more spots for the last chance tournament because Japan automatically also gets a team uh, in both genders. So that means there are nine teams qualified as of right now and the last chance qualifier, which will happen in France sometime this year before July, uh, some point, uh, will go on. The mixed teams. Now, I said there were no qualifiers before, but I kind of lied because the top mixed teams at each continental games, so they did have mixed uh, teams compete at like the Pan American Games, the Asian Games, uh, African Continent Games. They could qualify as well. So... Uh, in that uh, instance, when the mixed team uh, would earned a qualification, it earned one individual spot in both genders, thus allowing them to have the mixed team. For those, we have North Korea qualifying, New Zealand, Egypt, Italy, and the United States, all qualifying spots. Uh, in the mixed event. So that kind of, so right now there are 15 spots 
I uh, don't know what's going to happen to the 16th, but 15 teams have qualified through the mixed continental version or through qualifying via the teams. Individuals. We already have 24 of those people through the team. And then you get those a few extra individuals through the mixed earning a spot. Four more spots were allocated uh, to the next four best athletes whose country did not qualify through the team side at the world championships. So far, so good, right? Yeah, okay, everyone's. So that's just for individual. Three spots uh, were allocated for continental games, so Pan American, Asian games. And if one of those countries had already filled the quota, it would fall down. So if the top three, if the second place team already qualified, it would go to the fourth place. Continental qualification tournaments uh, could be held as well if required. Four European spots, three Asian, three American, three, two African, and one Oceania per gender. Then the last ditch effort qualification tournament uh, where the highest ranked non-qualified countries will compete for one spot each. I think someone needs to write a thesis on that. You should start it. Uh, that's a lot of writing for a thesis, but I feel like I did that just writing that down. Uh, if you are confused by that, please uh, let us know on our social media page, uh, Facebook and Instagram at Sports Night Podcast. Uh, let us know uh, if that made any sense, if you've ever tried archery, uh, or if you enjoy watching it. Uh, if you did enjoy watching it, you probably know what happened at the last Olympics in 2016 in Rio. Uh, back then, we just had team and individual events, so it was probably a little less confusing. Probably not. Uh, on the men's side, we had South Korea take home the gold, USA silver, and Australia the bronze in the men's team event. On the individual side, we had Kai Bun Chan of South Korea win gold, Jean-Charles Valdon win the silver from France, and Brady Ellison from the U.S. Uh, win the bronze. On the women's side, uh, in the team event, we had South Korea win the gold, Russia the silver, and Chinese Taipei the bronze. On the individual side, we had South Korea's Chang Hee Jin with the gold, Lisa Rush of Germany with the silver, and Kai Bo Bei of South Korea win the bronze. Essentially, this is a very South Korean sport. Uh, they are probably pretty favored. They have the max total of six athletes. They have the teams, the individuals, and the mix. Uh, and uh, they're pretty favored going into 2021. Um, looking at the other competitors, uh, Great Britain is also uh, probably pretty favored. They have six as well. China, always a threat in archery with six. Um, Japan gets that. So they're the kind of wild card. And Chinese Taipei is always nipping at the heels. Uh, Canada does has one individual on the uh, men's side. So, so far, Canada has qualified one individual on the men's side. We don't have a, a team or a women's or a mixed team, uh, but I imagine they will be hopefully competing at some of those last ditch qualifying tournaments. Uh, so Canada has one 
a spot so far. Hopefully, in the last-ditch qualifying efforts, we can get a few more. I don't know. Canada has never won a Olympic medal in archery. Uh, the best finish was fifth place uh, at the Montreal Olympics uh, in the women's side. Uh, but so far, Canada has not won a Olympic medal in archery. Uh, it's a tough sport to win and get into. So uh, it looks like through the Pan American qualify or through the Pan American Games and the qualification there, that uh, Canada did win gold against Brazil. So it looks like that we're we're starting to get up there in uh, archery, uh, but you can only be uh, so you can only have so many people in so many sports. Uh, we're not uh, we're not the best summer Olympic country. So we're getting better, definitely getting better. Uh, but uh, we're we're not in every single sport. We're not a medal threat yet. Yeah, slowly, <laughs> slow and steady. And that's going to do it for this week's uh, Olympic review. And the main reason, the main course of our season two, episode one podcast is the NFL. We actually made it. I didn't think it was going to happen. I was, I had my doubts. Well, listening NFL, back to uh, our, <laughs> listening back to our, uh, our other podcast, uh, it, it, we uh, suspected that that would happen. Um, overall, <laughs> what were your thoughts of the season? I mean, you know what? With everything going on, it was definitely a season for the ages. That's for sure. Like, I feel like sometime years down the road, there could be like a movie made out of it with some unbelievable events that took place especially during a pandemic going on. I mean, where do I begin with surprises this season? The Browns making the playoffs after an 18-year drought. The Buffalo Bills are Super Bowl contenders. Never thought I'd say that. A running back rushed for more than 2,000 yards. We had a team with no name, and they're in the playoffs, and... The Patriots had a losing season, sadly to say. Like, this season definitely outdid itself from what my expectations were. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the COVID aside, it was pretty crazy to think what uh, was going on. But uh, we made it. Some teams had to shuffle things around. Some players got sick. Uh, some players had to go to the bathroom halfway through a game and then came back and uh, that clearly was bothering them. Um, but when you got to go, you got to go. When you got to go, sometimes you just have too much Taco Bell and it just can't wait to the end of the game. Uh, but I actually went back into the vaults and re-listen to all of our predictions. Uh, I mean, some of them were good. Some of them were clearly we didn't know what Pretty we bad. were talking about. <laughs> uh, so we'll start with the AFC. Uh, we said, uh, we both said the Bills. 
you said New England uh, would not be good. You were correct, uh, which is pretty big I of you to say. Correct. My goodness. Uh, I said Miami would have negative wings. Uh, I didn't think Miami would be as good as they were. Clearly, I missed something, uh, but they just missed it on the playoffs. Uh, if they were on the NFC side, flip flopping quarterback. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing, but uh, they still don't know what they were doing. Uh, but that was the <laughs> AFC Heath, uh, the AFC North. Um, Joe Burrow uh, was not turned into Swiss cheese. He actually lasted. Uh, he did very, very well uh, until he got injured halfway. Uh, I hopefully that wasn't the jinx, the the sports caster jinx. Um, their O line did better than in what we thought they would, uh, but he did get injured a lot better. A lot better. Sadly. Uh, you did say that you would like the Browns to be successful. Uh, they were. Yeah. For the most part. Uh, clearly, we both slept on the Steelers, uh, had them out for dead. And uh, they. I think everybody did. Apparently, again, we missed something. And uh, the Steelers <laughs> had everything locked up pretty closely, uh, but the Browns were nipping at their heels. Um, I did say Joe Burrow uh, would die. Um, he did not die. Uh, he kind of turned into a pancake, not a full pancake. Uh, I also said Baltimore to win. Uh, Baltimore did make the playoffs. Uh, but uh, again, I don't, it's not a guarantee win that they're going to even make it because you know who has never won a playoff game. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um the easiest pick, I yeah. think, out of all eight divisions uh, were the Chiefs. We don't need to spend any yeah, time on I that. Yeah, I mean, you can't lose. You, yeah, you throw money at that and Without you stack five team. cents, <laughs> but you win five cents. And uh, you did pick the Titans, and you even praised them, even though they just had beat you the year before. So that's uh, very big of you. Uh, I said could be the Titans. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I said could be the Titans, could be the Jags. What was I thinking? Clearly, they spent everything on week one thinking that I picked them to win. I mean, they convinced you after week one. You know what? Then... They were there and then they weren't. Uh, Texans were kind of left for dead. Uh, and uh, we didn't really talk about the Colts, uh, except that we thought Philip Rivers and his nine children would uh, help them in some way, and clearly they did because they made the playoffs. So uh, anything shocking They're about like a lucky rabbit for that for sure. Anything shocking about our AFC preseason predictions? Um, I mean. No, not really. I mean, other than hoping New England would, would actually win with me saying they would not do good. But uh, I think our AFC predictions were pretty on the ball. Would you say the AFC the was part, easier I mean, to call or small. the NFC? Ah, that's a good one. I'd say the AFC was a little easier to call. I mean, we missed out on the Steelers big time. But NFC, there's a lot of tough teams. 
this year, and it showed. We may have uh, missed a whole bunch on the, the uh, NFC side, but we weren't too far off. So Maybe for just the, a bit. Yeah. For the, uh, <laughs> for the NFC, uh, wow. Uh, I was clearly out to lunch on the NFC. Uh, we did, uh, we did say that, uh, the saints would win the NFC South and I did call this would be Breeze's last ride. Now he hasn't officially said that, but all accounts say that, uh, this will be his final season. Uh, you did say it's a tough division and it very much is, uh, the saints just, uh, came out on top and they had a very excellent season. Um, the NFC they just came out on top. Just came out, yes. Uh, NFC North, we got one thing right. We laughed at the Bears. I guess they got the last laugh. <laughs> but they, made, they the made the playoffs. But they, <laughs> they fell into the playoffs because Arizona lost. If Arizona won, they would not have. So that's true. Technicalities, they made the playoffs. After starting five and one and then blew the season, they still made the playoffs. Um, but the fact that they were right there, yeah. I think we missed that one somehow. I don't know. A lot I of Bears fans are laughing at them <laughs> and wondering why they're in the playoffs. So uh, I, I think we got that one right. But wow, my hot take that the Packers were done. What in the world was I thinking? Yeah, I said the Packers were done. I said the Lions were in this year. Rodgers gets benched if they lose. Well, they didn't. They didn't lose, so he didn't get benched. He clearly listened to the podcast and took he it heard to heart. He heard me. You know what, Aaron Rodgers? I would love to have you on. Please, I let me apologize to you, or let me give you more fuel to win. But please my, join us. Holy cow! The Packers are done, and we're going to have a Brett Favre 2.0. I mean, maybe soon, but oh, I, my timing was way off. I don't know. If Aaron Rodgers keeps playing like this, he's going for another five years. He's got the Yarmer Yager genes. He's in playing him. outstanding. The NFC East, uh, we called uh, negative wins. Uh at least for one team, and we uh, uh, called the Washington team to have <laughs> negative wins. Maybe that was based on them not having a name, but they they made the playoffs again on a technicality. Um, as bad as that division was, we I don't think anyone so could have said just how bad it would be for everyone, not just one team, yeah. everyone. Everyone like, must have been watching that playoff spot was tough. I mean, everyone must have been watching the copy of the VHS Cowboys championship run uh, because they didn't decide to play at all. I mean, they only play that copy every single year. Well, yeah, but... it was, yeah, just where I think everyone got that one wrong. Um, uh, of course, I had my uh, red colored glasses on for the NFC West, saying San Francisco. I mean, without it was hard not to pick them. They just went to the Super Bowl. We had so many injuries. It just 
too much to half come your back team from. was injured. Half the team. I, we had guys playing that I think were signed from like Europe and hadn't played in five <laughs> years. So, I mean, we we got the 12th pick, so we finished higher than I thought we would. Uh, I mean, Seahawks were dominant. They weren't in the wild card. They finished with the division, and the Rams got the wild card. Um, uh, that was our roundup. Uh, I wouldn't say terrible. We could have done better, but definitely could have done worse. Um, probably should have put money on That's some of positive. these things, but if we put money on everything, we <laughs> would be having to take out another loan. Yeah, too many of those. Um, now that it's the end of the regular season, you always have to have awards because why not? Uh, so uh, first award, Comeback Player of the Year. Is it any competition? No, not at all. I mean, you have a player. If someone makes the argument there should be Smith. someone else, do you just slap them or do you like throw them off a building? You slap them, you throw a football at them, you throw them into a brick wall. I don't know. The dude had 17 surgeries, almost lost his life, and is now starting in the NFL team again who are making the playoffs. And he went five and one. Like you can't, you can't make a better comeback story than that. Anybody that suggests anybody else is, I don't know what they're smoking, but. Now, uh, yeah. Now the calls for it to be uh, renamed the Alex Smith Award. Do you, do you think that? It should be. I mean, I don't see why not. I don't think anybody in the league who has won that award has gone through anything that Alex Smith has gone through. And I mean, what better way to win your own award? I mean, he's very deserving of it. I don't object at all. Change it. Now... The most, probably the most heated uh, award this season is MVP. Who do you think is MVP of the 2020 season? That would be a, a Mr. Aaron Rodgers, definitely over Patrick Mahomes easily this season. 48 touchdowns, only five interceptions. He's a clear favorite in my opinion, and if anybody picks Patrick Mahomes, well, they're just a bandwagoner. Uh, I yeah, I agree. It's Aaron Rodgers, and if anyone else votes someone else, they're clearly getting paid the five hundred million dollars that Patrick Mahomes has <laughs> because it's it's a no contest. It's uh, again, yeah, he's a clear favorite. The the top two awards right there are the easiest to pick this year. And if they're not 
they won't be unanimous because there's always someone who thinks something or looks at something or flips a coin. I don't know. Um, but those should be they the slam dunks. Do I, I would bet money. I would feel comfortable betting a large sum of money on those two. You won't win a lot because they're pretty favored, but it's a safe. Put it locked in. Safe bets. Season two, there's your first safe bets right there. Lock it in. Throw now, away the key. Now we get into the interesting because they're more deserving people. So offensive player of the year. Obviously, it doesn't go to the MVP. So I don't think Patrick Mahomes will win this or Aaron Rodgers. Who should win the Offensive Player of the Year award? I mean, these ones, along with like the Defensive Player of the Year, those are always tricky because they're so open-ended with players that could be selected for them. But, I mean, if you don't give it to Derrick Henry for rushing 2,027 rushing yards this season, I'd... I don't know who else would get it. I mean, he should be considered for the MVP this year, but that's been more of a QB award the last few years. You know what? Years, so. If Derrick Henry won the MVP, I wouldn't be shocked. Because, yeah, you are absolutely correct. He should be in the conversation as high as Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, because he is only the eighth person in history to rush for 2,000 yards or more. Like that's not an everyday and occurrence. And he's only 26. The man is a beast and he is so underrated. The Titans went to the AFC championship and despite a, because of a him. collapse. Yeah. They rode the back of Derrick Henry once again to a division. <laughs> the man deserves uh, all sorts of praise and if he does not win at least this award 100%. then there is no no justice the only other person I could see challenging Derrick Henry would be Stefan Diggs that's a fair that's a fair point Stefan Diggs has had a heck of a season after moving to Buffalo that was a perfect move for him Derek, uh, Stefan Diggs or Josh but, Allen I mean, Josh Allen, I think, should be considered. You know what? I, I'm going to say this. If they ever release the voting, the rankings, however percentage, Josh Allen should finish number two. He won't beat Rodgers, even though I think he has a, a claim to beat Rodgers. He should finish higher than Patrick Mahomes in voting. Because he is in his third yeah, year. He's still, on his, for that. he's still on his rookie contract. Now, obviously, Patrick Mahomes just got off his rookie contract, but still, like. Yeah. And after going from how they were the last few seasons and building them up, they've been a dominance this season. I was going to put him for MVP, but I just, I knew he wasn't going to beat Rodgers. And I just know with Patrick Mahomes, it's more of like a popularity that so many people feel he's being voted in for. Mind you, he's a great player. He's a great quarterback. He's done great. But you're right. He definitely should be mentioned in that MVP talk. 
Now we have defensive player of the year. Uh, do you have someone in mind? Um, I think I'd go TJ Watt this year. Uh, I think that's, I mean, he's really, that's probably a slam dunk to me. I, He's helped the Steelers really seal their 11-win season for the defense. Uh, yeah, he, he led the NFL in sacks um, and yeah. tackles for losses. Uh, no one else really comes to mind defensively. No, not this, this year. Not, not this season. It was a very offensive-driven season. So to be a highlight defensively, I think, puts you at the top. The Steelers' defense was uh, pretty harsh uh, against other teams. So uh, I don't see why he wouldn't win that. If someone else has an argument for someone else, please let us know. But uh, no one is coming to mind. I'm all ear I'm all ears if someone else does, but I think he has my vote. I don't vote. I don't make the give out the awards, but he has my vote. Now I just call this the rookie of the year because they don't really have a defensive rookie of the year award for some reason. Uh, or they just have never really looked at a defensive. I mean, I think Nick Bosa and his brother uh, won defensive rookie of the year this year. I, I don't know of any big name defensive rookies that have made a name compared to the offensive side. So we'll just stick to the offensive yeah. and call it rookie of the year. You can yell us at, at us all you want. Um, to me, this is a, it's true two horse race but after researching online it appears to be a three horse race uh who do you think gets the award see i didn't know three i two guys come to mind big time which would be justin jefferson of the minnesota vikings i mean what rookie puts up 1400 yards in one season breaking Randy Moss's record um, and Justin Herbert. I mean, the Chargers didn't even know he was that good when they drafted him, let alone anybody else. But other than that, I don't know. Well, you're forgetting, you're forgetting uh, the homegrown talent of Chase Young or Chase Claypool, I should say. Chase Claypool. You know what? He was – I had him going at first during the season, but I feel like he started to slow down. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's, slowing down. that's a little homerism there. Uh, most touchdowns by yeah. Canadian in a season. Uh, he, I think he's going to be – if something were to ever happen to Smith-Schuster uh, or – He's another threat, which is why Pittsburgh was able to win so many games undefeated. 
Absolutely. So the Chase Young uh, appears to be the favorite for the defensive rookie of the year. Um, it's uh, pretty much a, a slam dunk for him as well. Um, three recovered I fumbles. Pick anybody else for it? That. Uh, a defensive touchdown, seven point five sacks. Uh, outside of that, no one else comes to mind. But uh, those are our picks for the awards. Now, uh, you already talked about some uh, five folks. things from the season. Um, yeah, Derrick Henry's running 2K. Uh, Alex Smith coming back, making the playoffs. Browns make the playoffs, winning the AFC. Uh, the only thing we didn't really talk about is the Broncos uh, win, playing with – they didn't win, certainly not even close. Uh, but playing with no quarterback because of uh, COVID taking away all of their quarterbacks – um, he com- uh, that was very just commendable a job. And a half. Uh, he threw nine passes, yeah. completed one. <laughs> they scored three points. Uh, that was probably more than uh, uh, I think. After a while, I yeah. got, I bet that they would score a a field goal. And after a while, they stopped letting people bet because it was just such a so sad. You felt bad for them. The NFL really messed on that one. I mean, they moved the Pittsburgh and Baltimore game about four or five times for yeah, Baltimore's no, half the team to come back from COVID. Everyone was kind of like, are they going to play? Oh, are they no not? Okay. And then they went, oh, Broncos, it's okay. You play. But, you know, kudos to him. He, he showed up. He put a smile on his face and uh, definitely made a memory for him. That's for sure. And our final stop is the playoffs. So we have a a unique playoff system this year as they added one more team uh, than normal. So we have what they're calling super wild card weekend with six matchups between Saturday and Sunday it's going to be a long weekend, lots of football, uh, but we're going to go through each matchup and uh, try and pick the winner. Uh, we're going to start uh, with the NFC. It's a uh, essentially an NFC West showdown, the uh, Seahawks versus the Rams. Uh, who do you have? I mean, I hands down have the Seahawks, saying as the Rams – Look like they have a LinkedIn quarterback probably playing since Jared Goff is out. I he did pretty well. I was very much surprised uh, by their backup quarterback, um, but I agree it's the Seahawks to lose. And uh, yeah, yeah, Seahawks game definitely to lose for that one. Then we have the massacre in the Superdome. <laughs> where the bears will show up and we'll see what happens. Um, but the saints versus the bears, uh, how many points do we think the bears are going to score? I don't know. I mean, like saints def- saints isn't known right now for having like a big defensive presence. 
they could score a couple touchdowns if they're lucky. Depends who they have in quarterback. That is true. That is very true. They might get Breeze a little time it depends to rest. If the, so. uh, the COVID bug will let the uh, Saints running backs play or not. I don't think they need to play this game. They they just let it give the they're gonna act like it's a buy. Maybe Jameis Winston will actually step foot on the field for once. <laughs> Fourth quarter, one <laughs> second left, he gets to kneel. I did it. I did it. <laughs> and the last game. Uh, we have the Washington Football Club uh, facing off against hosting, I should say, the the Tom Brady Buccaneers. I mean, I would love for, say, Alex Smith to make that comeback and win that playoff game, but there's no way. I don't think they could beat Tampa Bay. Tom Brady's on a hot streak right now. They have all the weapons rolling. Of all the it's upsets, definitely Tampa Bay's game to lose. Of all the upsets on the NFC side, if Jared Goff doesn't play against Seattle, they they don't stand a chance. There, no. if someone bets on the Bears and they pull it off, you're going to be making a lot of money. Um, I mean, you could throw $2 on the Bears, and if they hit, you, you'll win something. Um, but if there is an upset to be had, I think the no-name football club would be the club to do it, only because no team who hosts the Super Bowl has ever made their own Super Bowl. And uh, Tampa Bay is hosting the Super You're Bowl. right. And, I mean, if they win, they would face Green Bay – which everyone would love to see because it would be Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. But uh, I think that would be a matchup for the ages. It would be. I'm calling Washington for the win. Are you? I'm calling Tampa Bay for the win. I'm calling the WTF team, the FTW. (laughs) They're going to reverse their fortunes and they're going to win. We'll just have to see about that this weekend. Uh, on the AFC side, uh, the Sunday Nighter, uh, our f- poor, our dear friend Castra, our soccer uh, star, who will be on uh, a podcast later on in the month, um, living over in London, as you guys know, uh, his team, the Browns get the Sunday nighter, which means uh, it does not start locally for him until one in the morning on Monday. So uh, he's going to be very tired. You bet he's going to be up for that one. Give him all the coffee and caffeine that he needs. Um, I mean, they're in a lockdown. It's fine. Right. Uh, But uh, exactly. I think the Browns can win. They're not getting a little, a lot of, I think they can win. I think the Steelers are, you know what? are done. Yeah, they after they started losing like the four games in a row, I or three games in a row, whatever it was, I they lost their they lost their momentum big time. I 
It's the Browns game to take it. I'm going Browns 100% on that game. The uh, second place Buffalo Bills, uh, Bills Mafia will have 67 hungry, table-breaking, beer-chugging fans in the stands uh, to face the Colts. Uh, there was a little bit of a scare that Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley would, uh, might not make it, but uh, they were practicing today. Um, I'm all on the Bills bandwagon. I am hoping they make it as far as possible because they are fun. Uh, it's a great story. Bills Mafia finally gets to see their team win uh, after not being able to watch uh, the team this year. Uh, I am all for the Bills. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting matchup versus the Colts. I don't think it's going to be a, a blowout game, but I, Bills Mafia all the way. I'm going for it. Philip Rivers, deserve it. nine they kids cannot help the Colts win. No. They got them to the playoffs. And I don't think uh, Old Man Rivers will be able to last with buffalo this year and, and all the tables they might they might get in the way they might get in the way the final game uh the winless lamar jackson baltimore ravens uh versus again the tennessee titans a uh, rematch of uh last year does lamar jackson finally get the monkey off his back and win a playoff game or does derrick henry just train and locomotive the heck out of them and forces them to win. That's a tough one because Ravens have been moving and grooving, but I think Derrick Henry is going to bulldoze his way through to the next round to face Kansas city. I think Tennessee does win. And if that happens, then you're going to get a lot of questions in Baltimore about can Lamar Jackson perform? Because if he doesn't win, now again, he's only in his third year. Just like Patrick Mahomes, just like Josh Allen, they've been talked about so much that everyone thinks they've been around for forever or the last five years, however long your memory goes back. Could be all the concussions. But... (laughs) It's only his third season. While, yes, they have not won a playoff game in a while, he has not won. But it's only his third season. But if he does not win this year, he's going to start to get those Peyton Manning comparison, can't win the big game. He's eventually going to have to win a playoff game first. That's the first step. And then lead your team to a championship. But first, he has to win a game. Yeah, and I don't think it's this year. If they can win, win one, but it's a start. But if he can't win, that's just trouble, essentially. Yeah, big time. That leaves all the questions on where do they go from there. Now from he that, can run the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Now from that, do we want to pick who our Super Bowl teams will be? Absolutely. 
who is going to be the Super Bowl team to come out of the AFC? You cannot say the New England Patriots. Why not? You can. Guys. <laughs> You'll be very wrong, but I you am... can say. That is my vote. <laughs> no. Um, you know what? I'm calling it. I'm going Bills Mafia all the way to the Super Bowl. I think teams have figured out how to play against Patrick Mahomes. And I think they could pull it off. I think they're going all the way to the Super Bowl. That's my prediction out of the AFC. Well, gosh darn it. I feel like we're watching cool runnings because I too am going to take off my jacket (laughs) and reveal the Bills Mafia. Uh, As much as I would like to also pick the Browns to win, um, I think the best shot to beat uh, Kansas City is Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and Bills Mafia putting everyone through tables. Uh, I'm putting the Buffalo Bills on a ticket, on a plane to Tampa Bay. Yeah, take my money. Out of the NFC, who do you have making the Super Bowl on the NFC? And I cannot say the San Francisco 49ers because I would just be lying to myself. It's okay. We can say it together. Um, NFC, I would have to go. It's a toss-up. Because honestly, it's either, I think Tampa Bay or Green Bay is going to that Super Bowl. And that's whoever wins that game. Say in Tampa Bay makes it to that game whoever wins that game 100 is going to go to the super bowl hands down i don't think the seahawks and the saints would be able to no love for them. the last last season breeze using all that will and might throwing his arm it's going to pop off his arm and throw it with the ball for a touchdown to make it to the super bowl he, he just doesn't have like enough weapons, I think, to make it all the way there. Alvin Kamara, six touchdowns, to... and Michael Thomas, not enough? Well, yeah, that's two players. You need a whole, need a whole team. You got need that defensive... Taysom, Taysom Hill, as a Swiss Army knife, isn't going to wheel them to the Super Bowl? <laughs> He has a Swiss Army knife, that's for sure. And I don't see the the Seahawks and Saints game would be a good matchup. But, again, I don't see Seahawks quite making it past either Green Bay or Tampa Bay to make it to that Super Bowl. So I'm locking it in Buffalo or Tampa Bay or Green Bay. Oh, no, no, you can't. You got to pick one. You can't cheat. Saying a three-team Super Bowl. All right. I'm going Tampa Bay's making history. They're going to their own Super Bowl at home. All right. All you listeners, lock it in. The first team to to make their home date Super Bowl, Tom, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, you are absolutely wrong. 
I mean, uh, if it's anybody that's going to do it, it's Tom Brady. That's all I got to uh, say. Everyone's going to be upset that we're not going to get an original Super Bowl. Everyone thought that we would get one last year when Green Bay choked and we didn't get a repeat of Kansas City, Green Bay. Uh, and once again, they're going to be wrong because Buffalo will be facing the Green Bay Packers. So we're going to have a reverse Super Bowl one with Kansas City not making it this year and Green Bay, uh, who is going to beat the armless Drew Brees uh, in the NFC Championship game. So it's going to be Buffalo, Green Bay for maybe the awkwardest but very exciting Super Bowl. Uh, and everyone in upstate New York will be losing their minds. Everybody will be breaking tables. Uh, everyone, not just half of America will be breaking tables for Bill's Mafia. Table companies will become billionaires and folding tables. You can't get enough of them. Canadians will be finding a way to make their way down to Florida just to break a table. I mean heck I may even join in on the action well that's going to do it for this episode of the Sports Unite podcast uh, thank you so much for uh, for listening Cole thank you so much for joining us uh, it's going to be a very super thank weekend thank you so much for having me uh, don't forget to stretch uh, after each game because there are six games it's going to be long two days of viewing watching football Get those snacks, uh, stay safe, uh, and remember, if your team doesn't win, our teams aren't even in it, so it's okay. Team. Exactly. Everything's, it's more enjoyable that way. So stay safe, uh, keep your head up, Stress we are getting there, <laughs> uh, and uh, we are, uh, the light is at the end of the tunnel, but the sports that are being played guide you that way. And uh, we will see you uh, at the next episode. Stay safe and sport on.